You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 40 and the last of our 2017-2018 season. It's the Toolstation Western League podcast, of course, with myself, Ian Knockholds, and the author of the bulletin, Tom Hiscott, and we are sat here. We are doing the optics uh, in the RAM because we thought it was about right that we got together for this final episode. A little bit of a look back over the season. I think we're primarily looking back at the fixtures starting on May the 7th, which seems an age away. Uh, actually, it's 10 days. Um, but of course, if you're Buckland, that would have been about a, a third of your season. <laughs> um, uh, we've uh, yeah, so we've got a few more fixtures to wash up before we can uh, before we can go home, before we can pack up our kit and go home. And we've got interviews with Mark Salter, the 500 goal man, and Kieran Baggs, of course, the manager of Melksham Town, who were promoted from the Premier Division into the Southern League as well. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for taking the time um, to join us. It's been a well, it's been a it's been a long old season, isn't it? <laughs> It's been a long season. I mean, we're in mid-May already. Finally finished, but yeah, it's, it's been good fun. Yeah, well, it has been good fun, and it's. I'm really pleased that you know we've been able to get together for this, for this final time. Not just, of course, to wrap up proceedings, but also perhaps to share a few of our memories of, um, of the season that was uh, a memorable season for all sorts of reasons. Right then, we will start um, by wrapping up the fixtures. Uh, now, of course, we had the um, the Les Phillips Cup final, which we which we talked about on our last podcast and a few um, games in the Premier and the First Division so we'll start on Tuesday the 8th of May and there was a Premier well a court I mean there was a Premier Division game and it featured Buckland Athletic and they managed to win I mean yeah 24 hours after well just over 24 hours after winning the <laughs> winning the cup they were back in league action away from home at Cadbury Heath claiming a 2-0 win uh, really impressive obviously uh, yeah and it was goals from Jared Lewis and he scored both of them so yeah and away win for Buckland yeah really impressive as I say yeah absolutely crazy that they managed to turn it round and come away with a victory there but uh, hats off to Buckland um, and in the first division we had two games as well we start off at Chard Town with the visitors Almondsbury yeah indeed a 1-0 win uh, for Almondsbury away from home uh, just uh, the goal from Alex Bisp helping them to the three points in that one and uh, also Portishead um, they were at home to Ashton and Backwell United yeah, and, uh, another 1-0 win there uh, away from home for Ashton uh, and it was Paul Uppington he scored 10 minutes from time to help them to the three points in that one a few more games on Wednesday the 9th of May three in the Premier Division but we will start with what was undoubtedly the big game of the day the third in, in consecutive days Buckland Athletic were at home but the visitors were high-flying Willand yeah indeed uh, a big big match but uh, yeah they fell to a 4-2 defeat at home to Willand uh, Devon Derby uh, the game held back from from the Easter period I believe uh, and it was Carl Ricard who scored twice for the away side and further goals from Tom Bath and also Adam Hill helping uh, Willand yeah a 4-2 win uh, really good result for them and bringing Buckland's uh, winning run to an end uh, not much to report on in the game between Bridport and Longwell Green, a nil-all draw there. But um, your your team odd down. They were in impressive form uh, away at Brislington. Yeah, good little win there to, to bring their season to a close on the Wednesday. Uh, a three-one uh, victory, uh, and it was goals from Adnan Hiroli, James Dunn, Carl Tews, uh, help, helping them overturn Brislington's uh, early advantage, which was handed to them by Nikel Plummer uh, in the fifth minute. 
Um, two games in the first division. We've just covered the uh, the result between Buckland and um, Willand. We would have expected a good crowd there, even given Buckland's um, difficult run, because of course that is relatively speaking a derby match. In the first division, Malmesbury Victoria, a huge crowd of 192, uh, saw them take on Bristol Telephone. So of course, you know they, they they don't have the greatest gates in the league. It would be fair to say, but I mean, and that's a monster gate, isn't it? There, hats off to all of those at the Flying Monk Ground. Our favourite ground. Um, yeah. Massive crowd, just under 200 for the final game uh, a Wednesday night. Uh, and yeah, fair few goals uh, to be seen. Uh, the two teams shared four goals indeed, yeah, so it was a two-all draw. Uh, and it was Jamie Packer who scored twice for, for Malmesbury to, to help them get the draw in that one. And uh, also on that uh, on Wednesday the 9th, Wincanton Town, they... Well, you know you know what's coming, don't you, Tom? Because yeah. you've been hearing me say it every single week for 40... Well, 40, we're probably in our 42nd week, are we? But this is the 40th episode of the podcast. So, Wincanton Town, you know the result when I tell you that they weren't at the races against Oldland Abertonians. Indeed, an away win. A free one for Oldland. Uh, and it was second-half goals. Uh, ben Dowdle and Liam Gale obviously ended the season really well. Uh, helping Oldland to the to the win there, yeah. Free one winner at Wincanton. Uh, there was four on Thursday but it didn't feature Buckland uh, but it did feature Bishop Sutton against Chard Town yeah, the final first division game of the season and it was a 2-0 win uh, away for Chard uh, two pretty late goals in the final 15 minutes from James Boyland and then Taufik Ben Salem helping them to the 2-0 win uh, away at Bishop Sutton and finally wrapping up the Tool Station Western League season on Saturday the 12th of May Bridport entertained Odd Down yeah indeed uh, a 2-0 win at home uh, for Bridport so the final 90 minutes of the season uh, and it was Andy Martin who scored a brilliant free kick uh, to help them claim the win in that one so, and a pretty good crowd on the, on the final Saturday of the season Now normally at this point in the podcast of course we run through the uh, the goal scorers and uh, well this would be our definitive list Tom uh, as we wrap up the uh, the league statistics give us give, give me everything Leave nothing, leave nothing behind. We'd be here all day if I was to do that. But uh, yeah, the top goal scorers. So in the Premier Division, uh, the leading scorer, obviously, uh, league goals only, uh, Gary Higdon, 38 goals. Uh, brilliant effort from him. Um, by far and away the, the top dog. Uh, David O'Hare of Street obviously uh, joined Higdon in getting promotion. He got 24 goals uh, Yeah, for the, uh, for the Somerset side. Uh, Jack Taylor, playing for two clubs this season, started at Wellington, then moved to Bridgewater, where he had a fruitful end to the season. Uh, he scored 22 goals uh, in the Premier Division. Uh, and then 21 apiece from Mark Salter, uh, obviously the, the 500 goal man, and also Steve Murray, another street forward. So, yeah, they obviously did extremely well, and that's why they finished top. You're absolutely right, Tom. Mark Salter is the 500 goal man, and that's why we thought it was really important to catch up with him at the end of this season to talk about not only the 500 goals he scored in his career, but also reflect upon um, the clubs that he's played for over what's been an incredibly impressive contribution, not only to Western League football, but also the professional ranks and I started my conversation with Mark by congratulating him on that historic milestone it's, it's a lot of goals after a lot of years playing so and I was pleased to get there because um, it's been in the back of my mind all season whether I'd get get there by the end of the season I'm pleased that I've done it now so um, yeah a really good thing to, to achieve I think so was it a target you'd you'd had for a while then well, for the last two seasons, I've known that I was getting 
that bit closer and it was just whether the the legs were going to carry on uh, and allow me to continue playing so that I could get there so yeah I suppose it has been it was never a target at the start that's for sure uh, but has been over the last um, season and a half I suppose yeah so I mean your career dates back to the 1990s which of course makes you sound incredibly old um, but um, <laughs> that, that is because I am <laughs> but yes yeah it is the, yeah 1990 must be 1998 something like that right I began. And you began at Froome Town, which um, is where you scored um, the vast majority of your goals and um, indeed where I believe you are the, the all-time leading goal scorer. I am, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, couldn't tell you the exact number, but yeah, I scored most of my goals there. But I was there for a long time, uh, 10 years um, with a little break, but um, yeah, 10 years, so and a lot of goals for them. I mean, one of the things that um, um, never ceases to amaze me when we when we reflect on records like this, and earlier in the season we, we, we had a chat with Gary Higdon because this season he became um, Melksham's all-time leading goal scorer. Records like yours, I mean, I appreciate you obviously take an active interest in your career, of course you do, but, but records like yours are often um, only unearthed by um, footballing historians, and of course they're, they're doing their spade work, not in the glamorous reaches of the, of the Premier League, but they're, they're doing it at the grassroots. So, um, I mean, how, how, how conscious over your career have you been of the number of goals you've been scoring? <laughs> well, I, I certainly can't take credit for keeping track of it all, but I do have um, my dad who watches and has watched me um, ever since I started at Froome, uh, and he keeps track of absolutely everything. Uh, so he does sort of give me a reminder every so often about where I'm at and how many appearances I've made and how many goals. So it's all down to him, really. Otherwise, uh, I don't think I'd have any idea at all. Well, well, <laughs> so he's got to take credit for for, for a lot of it. Absolutely. Keep me up to date. Hats off to your dad. I think. I think, and hats off to dads everywhere because I yeah, think that's... that's it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's travelled with me. Um, he's often, well, always been the driver. So uh, yeah, a lot of it's down to him. I must admit. That's excellent. Now, I mean, we, we talked a bit about um, uh, your 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 career starting at Froome Town, but um, but you 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 did have a spell in the professional ranks at Southend United, didn't you? I did, yeah. I think 2002, so I'd been at Froome for three three years or so, and then uh, managed to get a year's professional contract at Southend, which was um, just a great time just to give it a go um, and to play league football, uh, and, and managed to get one as well, a goal in a, in a local derby against Leighton Orient, and one of my, probably, if not my proudest moment in football, so uh, yeah, and a, and a good year it was. Of the 500, then, dare I ask, is that your favourite goal, or perhaps does <laughs> that perhaps... Be, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. And I must admit, I can't remember very many, so and that's one of the ones I can. But uh, yeah, no, that's got to be the, the biggest goal, I suppose, for me. South End isn't. I mean, I suppose it's not in the grand scheme of things a million miles away. Um, but I mean, it is on the other side of the country. What, what was it like? Um, I mean, obviously, you you were. Um, you were a much younger man then. What was it like? Were you were you were you billeted over in um, in Southend? All came about after a summer trial, and then uh, I went up for a reserve team game on a Tuesday night, and he asked to sign me that night, um, and I had to go into my work on a Wednesday morning and, and say, "Is it okay if I leave?" And, and off I went. So uh, and just yeah, moved straight away. So uh, and then it was just a good year being a pro, I suppose. Um, Southend is a, is an interesting place. Were you um, whilst you were there? Were you familiar with Tots nightclub? <laughs> I, can't, 
I can't say I was. No, I'm sure I went in there, and <laughs> and I do remember some of the places in Southend, but I, I think I remember the uh, the seafront uh, roller coasters and things more than the, the nightclubs. But um, yeah, I'm sure I ended up in in there one night. Or two. <laughs> well, I mean, if, you, if your dad's listening to this, then I suppose we better we better pretend that you didn't. But um, <laughs> the, 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 it, it's, it's one. Of, I mean, we we aren't a million miles away in age, and. Um, um, I'll, uh, my best mate lives in Southend, and he took me there a couple of times. And I'm just wondering if um, many years ago our, our paths may have crossed um, and, and, have done, and, and yeah, brought us back Saturday, together again. Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> well, your, your time in Southend, of course, was followed up by a spell um, at Bath City, wasn't it? Yeah, a very yeah, a short one. Yeah, unfortunately, but um, yes, I, that, that's where I left Southend for and, um, and went part time with Bath. So yeah, but didn't last very long, and, and Froome, uh, I went back to Froome quite quickly. And and the rest is history because you know a phenomenal amount of games, but also a phenomenal amount of goals. So clearly, um, Froome is obviously where you felt the most at home. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, yeah. I started there and then went back there and just enjoyed playing football there enjoyed the people the cl- club uh, they've got a lot of great people there and um, yeah it, but it came to an end but um, I had 10 good years there and yeah scored a lot of goals for them and saw them progress up through from when I first started in the bottom struggling to keep um, in League One of the Western League um, up into the Southern League so yeah it was a good time there but your goals continued in the Southern League, didn't they, after you left Froome? Um, first at Bitten, uh, then at Street. At that time, um, I mean, we, I, I think we're, we're, we've moved into sort of um, 2010 by now. Um, at yeah. that time, did you have any idea that your, your career would continue for another eight years? No, no, I didn't. And I've been threatening to retire quite a few times at the end of every season. I, I often have a, have a joke with a few of the centre-halves that I've played with for a number of years or against for a number of years. But um, I don't know. No, I didn't back then. But, but it's just every person I speak to just says to try and play for as long as you possibly can. So um, that's what I've tried to do, try to keep myself fit. And um, yeah. Here I am, still playing today. Well, I, I suppose that, that that begs the obvious question, doesn't it? I mean, do you think you'll carry on um, after the end of this season? Uh, I know my manager, uh, Adam, will be uh, wanting to hear. Uh, I've just said I'm not sure now. <laughs> I don't know. So um, I'll see. I'll finish the season. It's been a strange year this year with um, all the postponements and things because of, of the weather. And it's um, we'll get this season finished, and then I'll sort of have a break and see see whether I come back in. In August or not. Because I would imagine that having a player of your experience, your vast experience, not just, you know, in the Western League, but of course, I mean, you've had, you have had experience in the professional ranks. That must be incredibly uh, important in a dressing room. So, I mean, can you see, even if, even if perhaps the, the, you know, the legs aren't quite as willing as they used to be, (laughs) I'm sure the mind is as sharp as ever. Can you see yourself sort of continuing to have a role in football after you've hung up your boots? I mean, is management something that's of interest to you? It hasn't been because I've just enjoyed playing, so I haven't really thought beyond it. Um, I think when I do stop, if it's next year or the year after, whenever I do stop, I think I'll just ha- I will have a break and enjoy watching football um, and being a supporter and, and just going around and watching a lot of league and non-league football. And then I'm perhaps will will be itching to get back into it. But at the moment, I tend to try and stay out of sort of the coaching and managerial um, and, and just continue as a player really and that's what I've always done 
But I know some players um, are itching to get straight into coaching as soon as they finish, but that, that isn't me at the moment. Well, Mark, um, the evergreen Mark Salter, thank you very much um, for taking the time. It's been, um, it's been lovely speaking to you. Your name first came across my desk when I was um, trying to do some research into who the, the Western League's all-time leading goal scorer was. At the time, even that most impressive record was, was somewhat um, put in the shade by the, the sheer awesome number of goals um, that, you were, uh, that you have scored. And, of course, to get that 500th career goal against Clevedon was an awesome achievement. But um, it could be that you are actually the all-time leading goal scorer in the Western League, which, uh, again, is another in- enormous credit to you. And, 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 uh, and hopefully that's something that will make your dad very proud. And my thanks to Mark for his time. So, how do the runners and riders fare in the first division? Uh, we had Matt Brown leading the way in that one. So, Canesham forward, uh, just missed out on promotion, unfortunately. Uh, but 30 goals uh, in the first division for him. Uh, we had 29 from Radstock's James Rustle. 28 from uh, Westbury's Dan Kovacs, obviously helped help them get promotion. Uh, and then 25 from Adam Jones of Cheddar, uh, which was equally impressive. And then 23 as well from Ryan Radford, uh, a promotee of Roman Glass and George. So we'll hopefully be seeing him in the Premier Division next season. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, of course, we need to uh, have a final look at the, uh, at the at the league tables. Do those teams that did um, so well justice? Um, of course, we've been talking about Street um, all season long um, at the top of the Premier Division, but um, there were still matters to resolve um, lower down, um, uh, particularly with that incredible run of fixtures that Buckland had in the final couple of weeks of the season Tom so can you just take us um, through the uh, the top teams in the Premier Division yeah indeed so the App Street obviously finishing top uh, 99 points from their 38 games just one short of Man City's brilliant Premier League record uh, so yeah uh, 32 wins from their 38 games just the three defeats three draws yeah 100 goals yeah, almost the perfect season we then had Melksham obviously joining them with promotion 38 games they had 84 points so 15 points back from street but yeah uh, they finished off six points ahead of the next three sides so it was uh willand who finally eventually finished third 78 points with a goal difference of 56 uh, bradford in fourth 78 points just like willand but 41 goal difference and then in fifth finally buckland finished their season 38 games played 25 wins three draws 10 defeats uh, and a goal difference of 30 but they also got the 78 points so yeah it was extremely tight uh, they fell just a bit short in the end but yeah brilliant brilliant effort from them uh, in the in the chase uh, over the final few weeks obviously plenty of fixtures um, yeah, I'm sure they're feeling it as well now but obviously the cup uh, was there to uh, yeah make it a, make it a memorable season well, absolutely. Well, it was an incredible finish, an incredible finale to the season. Perhaps not the finale that any of us really wanted. I think for everybody involved, we would have liked the matters of promotion in particular to have been sorted out in good time. Melksham had to, well, they were left waiting for a while, having completed their fixtures. And of course, for Melksham fans, of which I count myself one, that wasn't um, that wasn't necessarily an easy wait to make. And the ca- actually, for all of us who are involved in football, 
football, particularly grassroots football, you're never entirely sure what the Football Association's leagues committee are going to do. In fact, we're all sort of busily waiting for the for the edict for the um, for the tablets of stone to come down from the mount. There we go. There's a biblical reference, which I probably shouldn't be making in a pub. Um, but um, we were, you know, frankly, until you see these things in black and white, I think anybody who supports football at any level knows that nothing is certain. You know, the prints never dry. Um, but it uh, it was eventually confirmed that Melksham Town were going to be playing Southern League football next season. And really, it was only fair, having spoken to Richard Fay, having spoken to Neil Kirkpatrick, and having spoken to Liam Greening from Roman Glass St George, it was only fair to give Kieran Baggs one last opportunity to talk about Melksham's historic season. And of course, I started by congratulating Kieran on that historic promotion for the club to the Southern League. My um, my first season at Melksham, then really you you couldn't ask for much more without being too greedy. Um, before we do go on and, and talk about Melksham, I'd just like to congratulate um, Fayer and Rudgie on their on their championship win of the the Tool Station Prem and their promotion as well. Also to Buckland on their Les Phillips Cup win, and um, to to Westbury and Roman Glass both getting promote, promotion as well. You know, it's a it's a great achievement and um, well done to all of those. Yeah, it was a good um, it was a good conclusion to the season for for Wiltshire, wasn't it? it really with um, Westbury um, getting um, the championship in the first division and you managing to um, to hold on to second spot and get that all important promotion place yeah and they were both exciting finishes as well you know it was, wasn't one of those that were and no one was running away with that for the second spot you know we had to fight for for every point and have a really really good running towards the, the the last few games of the season and the same for Westbury you know I think it was it was a couple of games to, to, to finish and they and they had to pull out the stops and, and they did as well I know um, Neil really well who I played for at Larkall and um, Joe who I played played with at Trowbridge Larkall and um, I, I, I got to manage him and a lot of his players who are there now so you know they're all good lads and I'm sure they'll um, they'll fill the void for the for the derby that we are we are leaving behind uh, now going up into the southern one Absolutely. Now, this is, um, I mean, we, 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 let's talk about you for a bit because you're a young manager and this was your first season in charge um, at Melksham. Um, you know, it was a massive job to take on, not least because of the expectations of the club, because of, you know, the size of it, the size of its support in the town and the facilities that it has. Everything was set up for promotion. But I, I get the impression that perhaps that the weight of expectation, which could have, which could have um, put pay to your um, ambitions this season. It, you, you managed to you, you you managed it until the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm only 29 now. When when I first took over at Trowbridge, I was only 26, and I think. You know, it's almost paved the way for giving young managers uh, a chance at this level. Normally, you'd probably see clubs go for a, a safer option than someone who's been around a long time in management. But it does take a take a lot of guts to um, to, to throw a, a 27, 28, 29 year old in to manage any football club. But one as big as Melksham's, um, if you probably take Swindon and and chipping them out of it, you know, it's the biggest club in Wiltshire, not just for the facilities, but the, the fan base and the, and the following. So, all credit to for the two to Melksham. Uh, um, in, in, in Darren and, and Dave Wiltshire before him have, have given me the, the opportunity and the chance and hopefully I've uh, repaid them a small bit of um, making some history for the club this season with the Vaz run and um, promotion for the first time in the club's history to the, to the Southern League. 
I mean, it was a steep learning curve for you, wasn't it? I think the expectations that the club set you initially were obviously you needed to find your feet in this division and you needed to, you know, establish yourself in the team um, as competitive. Well, you, you, you did a bit more than that, but I mean, you, you, there must have been some times when you thought, what have I taken on? I mean, the, the first couple of months for anyone, I think from top to bottom, from Premier League to Sunday League, you need, to, first of all, to find out you, your best team. You know, have the, have the time to find out who the players are going to play for you, what system you want to play, how you're going to change things uh, without changing too much and and falling and falling flat on your on your face to to speak. So you know, the the, the first three to four months without really a proper pre-season, as all the all the changes behind the scene happened really quickly. You know, it was meant to be another year, but you know, you've got you've got to adapt, and these opportunities don't come up very often. So it was one that I was delighted to take, although as you said, the expectation was was always going to be high for for myself. Following Darren, you know everything he's won, and not just at Melksham, but throughout football. You know, you, you you are you are stepping into some big big shoes. But the year that I had under him, you know, I learned a lot about how um, how to be so organised and, and learn a lot about the um, the opponents that you that you've got to do all your homework on. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned, and certainly that I've kept to this season. And I'm just glad to be sitting here now talking to you at the end of the season, having achieved. You know the things that we have this season, and um, and and not just been like a mediocre season. And people saying, "Oh, yeah, it's his first season, so you know we'll, we'll let him have that first one." I wanted I wanted more than that. I'm an ambitious person, and the and the and the club expects that as well. So to to actually sit here and do it, you know, is 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 a great feeling. And I'm 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 probably going to be the youngest manager in the Southern League as well as the as well as the Western League. So you know that's something else that to to look forward to and get prepared for. But you know it's exciting time for me personally. I'm proud of my achievements um, that I've done this season. But I'm always hungry for more. You know, it is only a runners up spot. So you know it's not it's not like you can say you've won you've won the title or anything like that. So that's something that I'll definitely look to do in the next couple of years. Hopefully that we can establish establish ourselves next season and and maybe upset a few teams in the Southern League and, and then we'll, we'll go from there and we'll build on that going forward. For Melksham fans of course they're very keen to talk about next season that you know the grounds you're going to visit the teams you're going to play against but um, this is the Tool Station Western League podcast and you started quite rightly by paying tribute to the you know the successful managers um, in both divisions. You were pushed to the very end um, in securing second. Don't It was a fab, fabulous achievement but um, you know Bradford Town just down the road the noisy neighbours they pushed you hard Buckland came right at the end Willand of course they're always there and thereabouts I mean when you look back over the season can, what, what, what are the games who are the clubs that stand out for you who do you think are the sides that you will, will do well next season for me personally it was a really really exciting finish you know at Christmas we were 12 points off the pace and everyone's looking around thinking like where where are we going to come from but I really did always have faith that we'd mount a late challenge. You know, Melksham are traditionally strong towards the end of the season. We've we've had a good squad and we recruited well and signed good players at, at the right time. We brought Rob Hobbs in and then John Davies towards the last uh, seven, eight games of the season. That gave us a good, good boost and, and just got us over the line, I think. But the the, the biggest points, I think, for us was we were 2-0 down um, at halftime away at Bitten. And um, we got a point there. And looking back, that's a really, really good point for us. And also... Um, we were one nil down after 35 seconds away at Wellington recently when our keeper got sent off and my assistant manager went in goal um, and we ended up snatching a, a last minute winner, winner through um, Chev Allen uh, down there and that's the ones you look at and think they, they almost galvanise your, your your promotion 
push to, to speak and um, you know to win the last seven games of the season doing the double over Bradford it's 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 one that you can sort of like look back on and think yeah that that was that was a key moment of the season but one of the surprise packages for me talking about the the Western League I'm, I I think of in Shepton Mallet this season you know I think with their new management going into the start of the season they were all probably the hardest one of the hardest opponents we we played we played this season and they they've really really strengthened I thought they were really unlucky obviously in the to lose on penalties in the cup in the cup final but to finish where they did in their first season and to reach a cup final I think there'll be a surprise package to to look out for next season obviously you've got the the stalwarts in Buckland and Willen always fight out and Bradford always going to be up there Danny John a tremendous job although we have we have local rivalry banter I've got a lot of lot of time and a lot of respect respect for him and what he's done there and only only a short amount of time and the quality of players that he's brought in so they'll they'll definitely be up there challenging next season but it depends I've heard a lot of talk about Plymouth Parkway that they're they're coming over and and they'll be looking to to mount a challenge but it, it's the Western League and anyone can beat anyone we've we've had hard hard games Chip and Sobbery have taken loads of points off top teams and we've I found that Brislington was always a hard place to go this season and it's one of those where it's no no game is really a given you know you you, you can't you can't just turn up and and expect um, one of the lower teams to lay over for you because everyone's competitive and that's the best thing about this league there is there are no gimmies um, and no guaranteed three points so that's probably where why we weren't where Street were. Street didn't slip up against any of the any of the lower half of the table teams. We produced against the the the, the top teams um, when we when we played them in the in the in so-called bigger games. But the consistency failed us a little bit in 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 the smaller games, which certainly didn't for them. And they were deserved winners. You only have to look at the league table to see that they they were comfortable winners. And I'm sure that. Um, Fayer and Reggie will be really, really excited about their promotion as well. They've done a, a superb job of, of taking Street from almost like a mid-table side over there to to, to title winners and a promotion push for them as well. Kieran, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us again. Um, it's been great following you um, through, throughout the season. And of course, I say that with my with my Melksham hat on. You know, I'm not going to ask you any more questions, but I, I think it is worth reflecting on the achievements of the season. Of course, the record-breaking um, Vars run, the record-breaking promotion to the for the first time in the club's history to the Southern League and of course Gary Higdon's record-breaking um, goal scoring as well so it's been an absolutely fantastic season and um, for Melksham and for Melksham fans congratulations congratulations, and thank you very much thank you very much cheers and my thanks to Kieran for his time now then Tom just before you and I wrap things up for one more season um, I thought it was only fitting really that um, we had an opportunity to reflect on given the form guide this season it's uh, interesting to see how, what indications we can get for, for next for next season's campaign you know what we've learnt about the clubs this season that we can take into uh, uh, next season so so with that in mind what, what, are, what, are, what are your some what are some of your memorable memories yeah I think Buckland's end of the season has kind of taken the imagination I've done as an, as an observer um, having all those games to play they had plenty of um, injuries as, as we know and a couple of suspensions but they managed to get through it and nearly managed to get over the line obviously they did get the cup as we mentioned earlier so that's a great great moment for them and uh, yeah quite a few victories they were only just a bit short in the end so um, yeah it's probably the most memorable thing that happened I think for during the season 
I mean, are there any other sides um, that finished strongly? I mean, Shepton, of course, the side that Buckland met in the Les Phillips Cup final that, same, that came so close to uh, to winning that trophy. They themselves had a very good finish to the season, didn't they? Yeah, indeed. Obviously, the, the away win uh, at Bridgewater in the semi-final on penalties, part of that. Uh, they had a five-game winning run uh, during, the, during the month of April, so I think they'll be yeah, full of confidence going into next season. Well, one of the teams that you know, I do pay attention, by the way, when you when when you're talking um, on the podcast, and uh, sometimes I have to listen back to what you've said just to remind myself of its importance. But um, I, I, it, it always sticks with me when uh, we talk about teams that get into a winning run. And one of the teams that finished so strongly, and we, we've sort of been here before. It's a bit of a groundhog day. But Hengrove, they had a really good finish, yeah. didn't they, to the season? They had a really good 2018. Yeah, I think just getting the idea from social media, they're pretty confident or pretty happy with how things finished I think they're yeah they're building for, for, for better times I think they won five of their last six I think in the in the league so yeah I'm full of confidence going into next season hopefully have a good summer and yeah if they start well um, yeah they'll be a, a force to be reckoned with so three wins pretty late in the season against Buckland Shepton and Bridport all finishing the top half uh, so yeah um, they'll be very happy with a ninth place finished in ninth place finish in their first season in the uh, Premier Division since promotion last year The first division race in many respects was much more exciting than the Premier Division race, wasn't it? A genuine three-horse race that it did go to the wire, didn't it, in terms which three teams would go up. So um, fascinating uh, race. It, very easy for those three teams to take the plaudits. But going back to that idea of the uh, the great escape, Sherborne, they were they were the, they were the coming team at the end of the season, weren't they? They were. I mean, scoring goals for fun. Now, they finished with 78 league goals. Um, to finish 19th and do that, obviously... Probably won't be too happy with how things finished on the uh, on the on the defensive side of, of, of things, but yeah, uh, striking 22 times in the final month uh, in a run of five matches. Uh, yeah, it's not bad, and they staved off. Yeah, there was a relegation threat at one point, but they managed to, to fight that off. Uh, yeah, and stayed up pretty comfortably in the end. So as I say, yeah, 19th place finish, not the best, but 78 goals. There's plenty to work on next season, and yeah, plenty to work towards. Sorry, yeah, and winning five of their final six. Happy days. Well, well, at the other end of the first division table, one other team that caught my eye were Devizes. Um, they, uh, I wouldn't, well, they, they sort of, they, they left it late to do a Hengrove, didn't they? They went, they went on an incredibly good run right at the very end of the season. I mean, it was very tight at the top, and I think a lot of that was largely due to the fixture congestion that we had because of a lot of the cancelled games. But they just kept on winning, didn't they? And if that's um, if that's something that Devizes can do next season, then there will be there or thereabouts. And indeed, obviously, West Premier and Glass gone up, so they won't be there next season. Uh, yeah, and that, that fight between the top three was was magnificent. But Devizes just below that, they finished on finished on seventy points, um, scoring pretty quite a lot of goals come the end of the season. And the space of just five days in April, they got five, four, and three respectively in matches. So yeah, they finished the season on fire, seventy points as I say, and yeah, wins over wins over Welton and Oldland, who were rivals for the sort of the, the positioning in the league. Uh, come the end of the season so yeah they, they finished extremely well and yeah they made tough they made work uh, extremely hard for, for Westbury to get those final three points I was there for that that match uh, that evening and when Westbury did uh, confirm their promotion and it was an extremely yeah it was a half fought match and I don't think um, yeah, they didn't bow over easy that's for sure yeah I've got a sneaking suspicion we're going to be hearing a little bit more about the Vizes next season um, one way or another but uh, yeah definitely one to watch uh, we are in the close season of course now Tom so, um, what have you got planned for this summer? Well, I'll do a bit more cricket, probably. Um, yeah, hopefully the weather weather holds, and yeah, a couple of days 
uh, maybe watching England and stuff like that. But yeah, um, um, football season's just around the corner. World Cup, obviously, that's exciting. Less than a month away, I think. So yeah, well, looking forward to that. Yourself? Well, I've got another World Cup to worry about, which is most definitely less than a month away because um, I shall be following the England seniors side to Thailand. Now, of course, I use the plural because the singular, the England senior side, would very much be Gareth Southgate's team, which is which is very much not what I've got anything to do with at all. But I am going to go all the way to Thailand with um, the England senior side. That is a side made up of footballers, all of whom are over the age of, of 39, and in some cases over 50, um, to play in a, in a seniors tournament that has been run now for several years in Thailand and uh, should be a really fascinating opportunity to see some of the uh, some some of the the old pros in action once again the likes of Barry Hales and Steve Phillips um, uh, will be will be out there and uh, and I'll be doing my bit to try and bring the uh, the, uh, the the footballing public of the United Kingdom some uh, information from the other side of the world um, about that particular tournament so if you follow me on social media that's at Ian Knockholds that's certainly something that um, you can keep abreast of hopefully we'll be able to get some more messages out there about that through the Western League um, website as well so yes Tom and I certainly won't be having a sporting summer off we'll be we'll be hot on the tools waiting for um, the season to come around again and uh, what a fascinating season it will prove to be but finally Tom well thank you for uh, not only your company but of course all the the amount of work that you put into the bulletin um, every week um, we wouldn't have a podcast if it didn't, if it wasn't for your bulletin I certainly wouldn't be able to talk about um, what's going on in the Western League without, without the, 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 the fabulous research that you do but of course there's plenty of people who do subscribe to get the, the bulletin when it comes out when it's produced by you every week during the normal season and of course if you want to get on that subscription list then you visit the Toolstation Western League uh, website now when this goes to air we uh, many of our um, most loyal supporters and regular listeners will be travelling down to Plymouth for the annual convention. We wish them well. I hope you have a fantastic weekend in our new home of course for many years the tool station western league conference was uh, convention was held in um, in torquay so this is the first time it's in plymouth sadly neither tom or myself will be there because um, unfortunately personal circumstances don't always lend themselves um, um to that but i'm sure it'll be a fantastic occasion and we wish all of those who are going well and we would also like to take this opportunity to thank you the listeners um for your support over the course of another season our first full season in the tool station western league when we started this season we had about 6,000 listeners every week which is a fantastic achievement we were really pleased in fact it was that unfortunate fact that kept us doing kept on doing this we might have jacked it in by now if it was just me and tom listening um, but by the uh, well by the end of the season when we got into the really interesting business end we were we were getting over 11,000 people listening every week now of course we couldn't have done that without you so thank you very much indeed hopefully we'll be able to give you an another quality product um, next season and uh, we'll be following all of our clubs all of our member clubs bringing you all of the news and all of the insight from our managers over the course of next season but for well for this season and for the summer this has been Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscock from the Toolstation Western League podcast